enormous amount of miracles in this. Now, it's very interesting. It's not only that the Nissan is the time we went out of Mitzrayim. It is the same time when Hashem started to give us mitzvahs. Two things happened. The night of the Savior, two weeks. You know, it wasn't just, you know, we went out and we're going to get the mitzvahs later. At, at the moment we became a Jewish nation, as we stepping into it, becoming the nation living at that moment, we got mitzvahs. First and foremost, that it's not, it's, it's that we became a nation through mitzvahs. About Hashem made all these miracles, enormous amount of miracles, but the reality was the night when we left Mitzrayim, that night we were sitting at the Seder. First night Seder was done, was in Mitzrayim, where Shemayim told everyone, take a seh. Get, get out. We have to understand the practicality. These were slaves. I don't know, and seh was forbidden to be slaughtered in Mitzrayim. Still, you know, they got together and they made sure to go to Karn Pesach and it was roasted. Imagine the smell of the roast, barbecuing. 600,000 people were barbecuing. I know if one guy barbecues down the block, you smell it. 600,000, you know, people barbecue. It was the, it was in the night, while there was a Seder, midnight, struck, and Paris says you can leave Mitzrayim. So we became a nation, <coughs> and the miracles happened with the mitzvah of the Seder. Very important to remember. It wasn't like, you know, we became a nation, okay, now we're coming into the desert, now we get the mitzvah. The body should want to make sure as we develop the nation, development of the Jewish nation should get developed with the mitzvah. Now it's very interesting that the first mitzvah that Hashem said, first and foremost mitzvah he said to Klal Yisrael, to the Jewish people, was a chodesh hazeh luchem roish chodoshim. This month is the head of all the months. Just a practicality what that means, that means that, as the Rabban explains, we start the year of, of, the, of the calendar, the chodesh nisim. See, when we count, Gemara explains really, it's, it's too long to go into detail. There's a Shoshana, we call a Shoshana, the other Shoshana of this creation of the world. And Pesach is a Shoshana for many other things. But mainly, we became a nation. That's why we count the months. Nisan is called the first month. If you learn Tanakh, you notice in Tanakh, it, ne it always says, Nissen as the first, but doesn't, doesn't say names. The names of the months came much later. That came in when Klausa went into Bubble. Went into Bubble, and when amongst other nations, they got names for it. Because if you read the Megillah, the Chodesh Ashlishi, he Chodesh Sivan. The Chodesh Arishan, she Chodesh Nissen. Always the names, the months were always called one, first, the second, the third, because. It is like in, in, in Israel, you say Yom Rishon, Sunday is Yom Rishon, Monday is Yom Sheni, Yom Shlishi, because the Torah wanted, we should count the days according to Shabbos. Same to Hashem wanted, we should count the months, the months that we count as the, as the Yitzis Mitzrayim. So this is our the first month. Achoydish Hazer Luchem, to you, Roish Chodoshim. Hashem gave us a mitzvah. This month should be the first to all the months. The other pshat really also, but the mitzvah also included, Hashem gave us the calendar. Give us a calendar. How do we count years? You know, the, the world, the secular world till then, also counted through the solar calendar. They had a calendar. Especially Egyptians were very, Counted. They had a different weekday. Going to historians, they had a ten-day weekday. Interesting, but the, the day of having seven days that was only the Claudius who got that. But they had a ten-day week. But the fact they had, they had such a concept as a solar calendar, and the solar calendar, in a way, makes sense. And the reason it makes sense, it's always the lunar calendar is. Uh, you know, we got to fix it. We adjust. We have to add a month. 
it's it's much more complicated. You know, it's, it's, uh, the solar calendar goes simple. Hashem said to us, "No, I want that you guys should have a you should have a a, a different calendar. The calendar is and this is how the Jewish nation started. The first mitzvah that as a nation we got, Avraham Avinu got a mitzvah too. Our demolition got a mitzvah. Our demolition got the six mitzvahs. Noir got a seven mitzvah. Avraham got another mitzvah of, of the Brismila of as a Jewish nation. The first mitzvah was given was the Shchidish Nisan as a calendar. This is the Jewish calendar. In the simple explanation, it's very simple. And we're starting a nation, you've got to have a calendar. You've got to know this is going to be time, this is going to be that day. See, in the secular world, President's Day was moved around. I remember when President Lincoln had a separate day in Washington, a separate day. And then, I remember in the 70s, they decided, you know, we'll make it a weekend. Nothing to do. He's born. He died. I don't know whether I think it's a birthday. Not, we decided to celebrate a day. A certain day we we'll celebrate. Thus, there's no such a thing. The day is a special, special day. And according to the Rizal, literally, the light, the or, the light, or comes down in this world. A different light, a spiritual light comes down. Shabbos, it's a different day, and and and. Pesach is a different day. Literally, it's not just, you know, it happens to be, we're going to say that God. Literally, literally, the Kedusha and light comes down in that day, which is not experienced another time. Great Sadiqim were able to feel the Kedusha, were able to feel this is such a light, this is such a light. You know, it's, it's possible to feel the Great Sadiqim. But the first thing that Hashem said to us, our calendar, the first mitzvah is the calendar because of becoming a nation. But in Hasidus, there's a very, very, uh, very, very important uh, factor. There's two very important. The first is why the Bolshevik gave us the calendar right away. The most important thing what we do in this world is how we use our time. And it's amazing, nothing gets abused as much as time gets abused. Especially, we are blessed that we have time. It's really the truth. We have this, this idea of not working Sunday, and many people just work a few days a week, and they can make ends meet in, in Europe, and right in Russia. It's, uh, you, you, you hoped you could work more just to make sure they're able to eat and to have out yourself clothing. Here we are blessed, really, that you, know, you can take it easy at night. People in times of uh, not long ago, a hundred years ago, people used to work from daybreak till it got dark, and they, they was, the panasa was unbearable difficult. We, Baruch Hashem, are blessed that we have time and we waste the time. Let it be the internet, let it be who knows what. Waste. But the truth is, the time is what life is all about. We are living here, I think in English they call it borrowed time. We have, a, I call it an hourglass. Everyone has an hourglass, but we don't see which way, you know, when, which one is coming down quicker. We don't know if we are more here or more there. Well, many of us know already where we are. Many of them, we have no idea. And Hashem doesn't, what we have to do is take advantage of the time. So the Yiddish guy, being Jewish nation, the time is the most important. Not to waste your time, take advantage of the time, be on top of your time, it's very, very important. The second thing, which is also very important, why did Hashem choose the, for us the midst of the calendar, the, moon, the lunar calendar? Now, the lunar calendar, as I explained to you before, is, uh, is difficult to handle. Do you know that? Just for the record, the moon takes 29, 29 days, 12 hours, I think it's 45 minutes and three and a third second or 33 and a third second, I forgot something like that. So uh, it, it's, today we figured it out after all these uh, uh, thousands of years, we figured out to the point which second. But it is complicated. It's, you have to, you know, it's, this has been figured out, they make us out, those who knew exactly. 
Moshe Bain knew exactly how a Masoida, it's not just a, but it's, it, we have to adjust it. The reason is very interesting. The moon waxes and wanes, has its ups and it has its downs. That's what it is. In, in, and the Torah gave us, it's, you know, when Hashem told us, I was thinking this morning, a very simple mushroom. Hashem says to us, I want you to love me with your whole heart, with your whole desire, with your whole will, everything. So a guy would think, just like I could put Tefillin on my hand, takes a minute, hang up a mezuzah, I could just love Hashem. It doesn't work that way. You can't just, you know, push a button, I'm in love with Hashem. You know, push a button and now I'm just, enthralled with Hashem and I just uh, you know it's just uh, sticking to it you hung up the mezuzah that's what you did you put it standing there who knows how long you put on the till every morning great you, you are a full person you put on till every day you put on the mezuzah and the mezuzah is hanging there it doesn't work I push about the nine just you know greatly in love and I'm just obsessed with Hashem. You know, if it would have been that way, things would have been a lot easier. It is enormously difficult, the spirituality, the, the emotional thing of the mitzvah is much, much more difficult than the mitzvah. Meaning, Shema Yisrael, you could say. And most people would say Shema Yisrael twice a day. And they have a mezuzah, which says Shema Yisrael. They have, but to be in love with Hashem, it's like a relationship. Sometimes it's great, sometimes not so great. Sometimes you're enthralled with the person you marry, and sometimes you wonder, how did I marry her? Or how did I marry him? You know, this is normal. This is the, that means that there's a normality, ups and downs. And the mitzvahs, what the Hashem wanted to tell us, is going to have to be working hard. See, the mezuzah and the tefillin and the kriyashma. And the carbon Pesach has got to connect us to our heart to come to the love of Hashem. You understand? It's like it doesn't, it's like when, uh, when a person wears a wedding band. He feels good that he's married, but it's, if he just looks at his wedding band all day and he doesn't treat his wife nicely, it ain't going to help him. You know, my, if you, remember, you look at the wedding, reminds you, well, I got to remember my wife, got to take care of her. Sunday compliment or to do what she needs, take care of her needs, then, yeah, the ring means something. But a guy wears a ring and he just ignores it, and it means nothing, has no value to it. The film and the mezuzah has a value because we are, we connect, because it should connect us to Hashem. And the second part is, is to love and to, so the, the, the carbon paste that was given is back a great mitzvah and the seid is great but it is, it's not just saying things in a, you know, in a lip service as you say it's got to penetrate and mean deeply for the person that's why the, uh, the mitzvah was given I always say with, with the moon the solar calendar because it has its ups and its downs see your film doesn't have ups and downs you put it on every day my mezuzah is hanging there for who knows how long today. It doesn't have ups and downs, the mezuzah. It's there, it's going to be there. The ups and downs is us. How are we going to keep the mitzvah? How is our passion going to be? And how are we going to love Hashem? And how are we going to do it? See, that's why the, 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 the zman was given with, the, with, with, the, with this, our calendar, is the, is the lunar calendar. See, the secular world uses the solar calendar. Because by them, uh, the idea of, you know, the whole idea that you got to discipline yourself, you got to change about yourself, you got to fight it. I don't know. The little bit I'm aware about, it doesn't exist. In the secular world, everyone is good. You know, if a guy kills 17 people in Afghanistan, he must have been under pressure. Hello? And good people under pressure don't shoot people up. You know, it's, you know, today in the secular world, everything gets rationalized or psychologicalized, I don't know the right word means they found. Everything is a, you know, everything, every evil has a name to it. It's just saying, you have a Yetzirah. It's just a guy who's evil. 
he had a tendency to be to kill and a lot of people went through the same stress and don't kill you know what I mean not all killers you know all people who are stressed are killers you have to be evil and maybe the stress helped them but you got to be evil that's the reality see the Torah taught us this is so part of our upbringing that we have a Yitzhahara and we got to fight it and we have to discipline ourselves and we have to really work hard this is just what what we are see there's another very very interesting concept which Nachman speaks a lot about he calls it mishpat to judge yourself see when a what it means a very important a person in order to grow he, the truth is someone showed me a book spiritual growth, a secular person growth, and even on a Shalom bias in relationship growth. How, you know, it, it literally was like a Cheshman and Efesh. And the guy was telling me, it helped him enormously. It's a book, a small book. He found it in the, in the bookstore where it just shows the guy's practical things. You know, make sure, you know, you have a diary every day. Did you do this for your wife or for the children? And just help them. I said, we have this in the trader all the time. Trader wants us to make a cheshben hanefesh. A person lives with a cheshben, cheshben with an accounting. What did I do today? And is it good what I did today? Is it, am, am I supposed to do doing this? Is anything I could change that should be better? That's the, unfortunately, we are so blind about ourselves, and we. Uh, but the bottom line is, when a person thinks this way, he becomes disciplined and he grows. And he says, oh, you know, I always tell this to young couples, when you get into an argument, you know, I just told the chassan, getting married next week. I said to him, this week, I said to him that uh, if you think you're not going to argue with your wife, you are in a bad situation. That's the first mistake I'm thinking of. The trick is to learn from the why did I argue? What brought me to the argument? You know, was it, uh, you know, whatever I've spoken about often is the same thing in the those Yiddish guys. Why did I speak Lashon Hara? What brought me to speak gossip? How can I stop speaking gossip? You know, why did I do something inappropriately? What brought me to do it? Why did I skip a davening? You know what I mean? Or how can I, you know, I, how can I be a better neighbor, a better friend? A better mother, a better father, a better, you know, a person, when he lives this way, you know, judges himself, you live the full day. You have time in your hands. Because many, many people, their whole life is lived as the wind blows it. You know what I mean? They, you ask a guy, why do you wear this type of a clothing? Well, uh, I, I was once shocked and I moved here. I met a guy who was a brilliant guy who happened to be a physicist and became friends with him. I asked him a very practical question. Why did you become a physicist? I don't think you're going to make a panosa. You know, you know, if you throw me, when I have a house full of children, physics ain't going to help you. That's the way I understand. They make a mistake, but that way I understood. He tells me that was the most frightening thing that I remember hearing. He was in college because he was so bright and that was the thing to do for very bright boys, he became a physicist. You know, I remember walking away there thinking, he didn't even look at it, you know, you gotta make up a NASA. You gotta be practical. You know what I mean? And it's, it's difficult. You know, I, I have some of my family also who became a physicist, and then he went into business. He happens to be very bright, and he's not only bright, he worked for the Israeli government, he was a nuclear physicist, but then he realized you can't make money this way. So he went into business. It's like, it's, but I learned from then that many people do decisions, brilliant people, because they didn't sit down and think, what am I doing? How should I do it? Is this the right thing to do? You know, and this is this, if people would have this too, their whole, many, many, not always, of course, from the, the person has a spouse and, you know, she doesn't work with him and other things go wrong. But general speaking, as a general idea, 
two healthy people living together or a person, family living together or for yourself. Generally speaking, the more you look at yourself with, and judge yourself, the better a person you can become. Because first of all, we never think we are wrong. We are always right. You ever notice when you get an argument with your wife, you always think, I'm 100% right. I wish you would see how right I am. I've learned already, as I got older, I say to myself, everyone thinks they're right. But let me see what my wrongness is over here. But the reaction of every person is, I'm okay. I, everyone wakes up in the morning thinking they're doing the right thing. That's what I always tell people, that everyone thinks that he does the will of Hashem exactly. You know, the one there, the one there, they are too modern, they're, they're too much to the right, I'm in the middle of the road. You ask a Lubavitcher, he'll tell you he's exactly in the middle of the road, and his Lubavitcher is in the middle of the road. The other Lubavitcher, not so much in the middle of the road. You ask a Brasco, he's also in the middle of the road. You ask a young Israel, they would tell you they're in the middle of the road. You know, the black hats, they... Every, and I was young, I was always wondering, why is that? It's very simple, you gotta live with yourself. You gotta walk, get up in the morning, and think, and if I'm living this way, I'm a good guy, I'm doing the will of Hashem. Because they never sat down and asked themselves, what does Hashem want from me? Is there another way to do it? Is there a better way to do it? You know, it's simple, not talking about you know, convincing just yourself. And, and Menachem says an incredible, incredible thing he says. It's very deep, Torah, and based on a lot of Kabbalah, but let me just say what he says. He says when a person judges himself, he brings down a passion into himself, an ish, a holy passion. When you bring down a holy passion, it literally helps you burn away the koiches that's in you. Clippers. Clippers is always referred as the, the non-pure thing. Clippers is like the shell of a nut. And he says that you got to get rid of it. If a person sits and judges himself, the more you judge yourself, the more you burn away the, the Yitzhara gets. It doesn't mean all of a sudden you'll be a tzaddik, but you become to see your struggles, how to do it better, how to do it differently. Is it okay? Can I change? Judging yourself is called mishpat. Mishpat is judgment. Not talking about judging other people. I'm talking about just asking yourself, you know, is it right what I'm doing? You know, am I taking advantage of my spouse? Or I should do a different job? You know, just sitting in, in, in it has enormous effect. Enormous change. Okay, Nachman says, Word criticism is a very good question. Arachna says, don't care. Criticizing and judging is two different things. Criticizing is saying, you're not good. You're a bum. You're a low life. That is horrendous to talk to yourself. Criticizing me is Positive criticism, uh, distrust, and criticism. The criticism doesn't mean that, uh, that you criticize that you're not good. You know, how can I do this better? If a guy's a lawyer and you write a letter, then you think, you know, you look it over, I can't get this contract or write this. It's got to be the many words that are, have to change. You're not criticizing yourself. You draw a draft and then you're looking it over. Well, I should change certain words. I should make a punctuation in the right places. It's not criticizing, oh, this, this is horrible. Just first draft, now you work it better, it comes out better, it comes out better. Guy's in construction, and he sees, you know, made something. That's, I should have done it differently. And he learns the next time, or the next beam he's gonna put up, he's gonna put it differently. It's more practically, and it's more stronger. He didn't say he's a bum by putting on the first thing. He just, you know, doing it. This is this is the most productive way in, in, in being a Jew. One of the, the this all the Balamus to say this and all the Chassidim, the Bashemtev and all the early, early, early. And Nachman says, but what he explains is a very deep thing that it brings a passion into a person. 
in his life. He becomes passionate about life. Which, which is, uh, you know, we could all, you know, the, one, of the, one of the things in life, and especially Yiddishkeit and everything is, people lose their passion. When you lose their passion, you become, you don't do the job so good. I have a lawyer who told me, quit being a lawyer, and who was working for a firm, and went into business. I asked him, why did you do it? He says, I'm not enjoying it. He happens to be very bright. I'm doing a good job. Even though they hired him, a big lawyer, law firm, because he came out of school with high grades, whatever, whichever school. He said, I know the end is I'm not going to do a good job. He said, I just don't like it. If you don't like something, you're not going to do a good job. You're going to barely, you know, make sure it passes. But if you like it, you'll do a good job. If you like what you're doing. So this is, this is what Nachman uh, says how why judging yourself is so when you judge yourself your day your life the day that you spend is another day you know and, and i was going to say another point that he says not only does a person develop a passion and he pushes away the negative things he says it also helps a person not to fall apart often sometimes when we are down right we're very down if a person is down, it's hard sometimes to get up. But a person ju judges himself and, and he looks at himself, even though you're down, you then, he says, find the good things in yourself. Like, 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 like we said before, don't, you know, demeanorize, how you say, break yourself down. What? Demean, don't demean yourself. When you're down, you should judge yourself. You say, Baruch Hashem, I still am a Jew. Baruch Hashem, I'm davening. Baruch Hashem, I'm learning. Baruch Hashem, you know, I plan to do a X, Y, and Z. The more a person does this, the, the more, you know, the, the judgment, he becomes full of life. See, I, I mentioned this before. In another part, of Nachman explains this. If a person gets up in the morning and says, thanks Hashem that he's got a soul, but really says a thank you, right? You know, your whole, your whole day will be different. You know, I, when I moved here, I met a lady who was in a sitting in a wheelchair who was in a terrible car accident. And, uh, you know, after the accident, you know, to add salt to the wound, the husband abandoned her. They were newlyweds. The husband left her. They were literally newlyweds, married a year, maybe. And uh, they were both in a car accident, but she came out, unfortunately, handicapped. She was actually sitting in a chair. And he said, I'm not interested in living this life with her. Imagine. Imagine how frightening that is. When I came, it was about a few years afterwards, and I think she was remarried at that time. She always had a smile. And when I was young, I would ask people, tell me, what's the trick? Why are you smiling? And she said, I didn't know this whole history. I thought she was, I thought she was a polio victim. She told me, I wake up every morning, wow, I'm alive. Because she knew she, when she was in intense, emergency intensive care, they were not sure she was going to make it. But she looks at it, I'm alive. So I'm in a wheelchair, but I'm alive. Just me watching her in the wheelchair made me sad, made me not alive. Because I projected my feelings onto her, so to say. But she, <laughs> she was so happy. Baruch Hashem, I'm alive, and I have new opportunities. And I'm like, you wake up, okay, got to get out of bed. And, All right, we'll push the snooze button one more time. You know, it, it's like we don't have the passion. The Nachman says, the more you judge yourself, you develop a powerful passion in yourself. And you push away all the negative koiches, gets pushed away. What I find in my own life, the practicality is when you do judge yourself, you feel much more accomplished. I don't know why, even though I, uh, when I do it very, very strongly, I find much more you know, much more feeling, a much better sense of life. Even though I did the same job the other day, 
Because when you, Nachman explains that it helps the Kedusha grow. It's not just an emotional thing, it's a spiritual thing. It is, the truth is, it's also very tricky because we are, as I began to say, when we judge ourselves, we always judge ourselves favorably. We are big tzaddikim and tzadkonias. You know, we, we always are convinced that we do the right thing. But a person has to be honest and not to be afraid to say, yes, very possible, I made a mistake. It's my fault that my spouse is hurt, or it's my fault that uh, things didn't get done. It's my laziness, it's my absent-mindedness, my ignoring, you know. We, you see, I explained Shabbos Yishul, but the Torah teaches us in the passages when Yikru over here, the Torah teaches us a very, very powerful thing. We are gonna make mistakes. That's why every day we bring a carbon. You know, every day we bought a carbon in the morning and a carbon in the noon. Every morning, in the morning, to atone the sins at night, and after we want to atone all the sins by day. I mean, who? I think that the Hashem should expect us to be perfect. Hashem knows we humans. Odom yakriv miken karbon. You're a human being, and humans make mistakes. You know, it's not the mistake is so terrible. You know what's so terrible? Not taking responsibility for the mistake. I've said this story many times, but it's very, 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 very powerful. And uh, I'm, I'm, I wish I could explain it better in a different way, but the story hits me always. In the shul, there used to be a guy who used to come and drop his children to Samus and come down in the late minion. Now sit in my office. Through my office door, I would hear how we'd argue with everyone. We always got into arguments. Why is there no minyan? And he would scream, come here. So I was always wondering, it's a very practical question. How in the world does he have shalom bias? He can't get along with people he doesn't know. Most often, the people we don't know, we like to be nice to each other. People you do know, you know, you let your guard down. And I was wondering, how? How does this guy, he can't get along with anyone in the shulah. Yeah, uh, uh, why later, must have been about two years later, why later, Yonde knocks on my door and he says, Rabbi, I get it in Mazel Tov. What's the Mazel Tov? I had an anniversary last night. Great. So he says, I bought my wife a very expensive jewelry. And I got up, and I had six friends there, and I told them I really should have bought her a piece of jewelry a thousand times more the value. You know why? She puts up with such a crazy guy who I am. They said the sentence. I said, now I know why he could live. As long as he comes home and tells his wife, you know, I'm nuts, don't take me seriously. You know, I'm totally cuckoo today. And then you can tolerate that. You come home and you, you don't act like you're cuckoo. You just say, it's your fault. And why, why is the dishes not washed? And why is this? And why is that? And then that's very difficult. But if you go rampaging, just babbling away and just say, just listen to me. I'm in cuckoo mood now. You have to tolerate it. Because once you take responsibility for yourself, it's you know, I could stand and watch you. Oh, I say, sorry, you're going through a hard time. Give you a hug. You know, but, but as soon, but as when you don't take responsibility what you're doing, you blame everyone, society, I was raped, and, 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 and the red light caused me to do it, and the stress caused me to do it. And it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult. You know, imagine a guy comes home and he screams at his wife, and then he says, you know, stress made me do it. And then he screams tomorrow again, again, you know, after a while, she, she's going to quit. You know what I mean? How much stress make me do it? Can she tolerate? And he come home, he says, don't take me seriously. I got a vent. She says, let's sit down on the couch and I'll listen to your vent. Scream. He says, then I want you to scream now. If I would have screamed at her, she would have taken a bat and hit me over the head. But if she doesn't, once you take responsibility, yes, I am frustrated and I'm stressed and I need to scream and I need to... And she says, come on, I'll listen to you scream. Because you're taking responsibility for yourself. The Havdil, by Hashem, it's also that way. You know, it's, you, it, Hashem knows we can make mistakes. The trick is, is take responsibility. Yes, it's my fault. My fault, this and this happened. Don't blame this and don't, yes, we're humans, we make mistakes, and we should ask Hashem not to make mistakes. 
But this is why we say vidi. Vidi, you know, we say chasidim say vidi in the morning, and they say vidi by Krishna Alamita. Not everyone does it. And the reason Rizal said, because like this, you take responsibility. Yes, I messed up today. I did something which I shouldn't have been doing. I could have done it better. I could have done it differently. You know what I mean? And it's not like you asked before, criticizing yourself. Not, no, we are humans. And probably today, I know Sunday today is going to be a busy day. Hectic day. Probably I'll make a few mistakes. I hope not. Probably at the end of the day, I'll say, well, I could have done it better. Shouldn't have done uh, this way. But, you know, but it's like anyone who's uh, building, writing something, you want to say, you know, how, was, how would the, you know, my writing go? Maybe I should write it differently. Maybe I could have differently. You become, you live. You know what I mean? Your life is a life of living. You know what it really does? When a person meditates and judges himself, life becomes sweet in his mouth. It's very hard to explain what that means, but you, there's a sweetness. I'm sure you all had a day where you felt, wow, this is, this is life. The more you meditate, the more you judge yourself, the more you, your life becomes a sweet life. See, because I have a, my question I always pose for myself and always try to find new answers. Why don't we walk around beaming? So everyone will say, Rabbi, you don't know what I'm going through and you don't know my problems. But if you sit down, the fact that you're alive, the fact you're alive, it's a great thing. It's very often, I'm not, I want to explain something. There are people that have problems in life which are very serious. It's true, they're ill and they suffer from back pains and head pains. And it's just serious. Then there are problems in life that sometimes we do make out of it more than really it is. I, I give you a marshal. I worked with two couples a few years ago. Each of the couple had a child who became not religious. One is still devastated. They have a Baruch Hashem, most of the children are religious. What just took it so personally. The husband walks around since then, terrible. Another couple said, I did my best. She had, I think it was a, yeah, it was a, no, it was a boy. You know, it was his choice. It's nothing I don't, I look back, maybe I made a mistake, but, but you know, you know, I wish, I hope he's going to come back doesn't walk around with the pain. You know, feels terrible that his son is not really leaving a life that he would want him to live. But, you know, it, 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 the reason why this person looks at it different, I watched it different, he's the type of, I didn't spoke to him, but he's the type of a person who looks at his life all the time, judges himself. He's the type who always, you know, maybe I could do different, maybe I could do this. So he says, look, I tried my best. And then the other person just lives a life and, wow, daughter or my son became not religious, not religious the way I want them to be, it is horrendous. You know, we have, we have to be, we, I'm not going into the, into the practicality of raising the children. I'm explaining when a person judges himself, he looks at life in a much healthier way. You also begin to realize not, you're not in control of life when you judge yourself. If you don't judge yourself, you just live and then you want everything to be your way, you don't think it through. The person sits and thinks. So what I really want you to try, it's very difficult, it's, it's once you get into the habit to do it, it's great. But it's for many people find it difficult. You sh judge yourself. I wish I got that book, someone gave me the book and maybe one day I'll try to get it. It's a book on judging yourself, how to, your relationship with your wife and children. Relationship judgment. And a guy made a, you know, every day you would sit down, did I compliment my wife today, or I didn't, did I, could, uh, did I hug the children, I didn't. You know, to help the person change, that's what the whole, it was a small pamphlet, very, very powerful pamphlet. The, the truth is, anything you could change that way. See, it, you know, when we, a person says, I want to change, it's very, very nice. Unless you actively do something about it, nothing's going to happen. It's easier to change. I always tease uh, Chassidim. 
It's easier to change and say, I'm a Lubavitcher Chosid, I'm a Breslover. That's very easy. But you know what's difficult? Is to really change what you are yourself. And that you need to judge yourself in a positive way every day. How can I be a better person? How can I be closer to Hashem? How can I daven differently? See, because when you do it, as you live the day, everything in the day has a stronger meaning because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to judge it. You know, I'm not, I don't have to wait till Hashem is going to judge me after 120. I'm going to judge end of the day how my davening was. I'm going to judge how my talking was. So it becomes much more alert. But mainly what Amnachman says, it brings a passion into a person. It makes a person very passionate about life. And who doesn't want to be passionate about life? There are people who are done that, you know, and the average person is great to meet someone who's passionate. Passionate people attract people because people want to be passionate. Any questions? What was that? thing is to every day another thing to help what you're asking when a person sits and talks to Hashem makes time you feel connected to the, to your creator part of part of it part of what you're describing the fear it's like you fear the relationship with Hashem now it is important how you to fear Hashem but you don't enjoy the closeness of Hashem sit down and you talk to Hashem and you just, you know, try to meditate about His greatness, you know, He made me. That I have eyes. That I could talk today. That I could walk. That I could sit up. That I could laugh. That I woke up refreshed. I went to sleep tired and here I'm refreshed. That's why we make all the brachas in the morning that way. You know, if you see what happens is we say the brachas very fast and we don't even, you know, we barely, barely are there. We are maybe 2% concentrating. But what you see, you know, you sit down and talk to Hashem, the bottom line of my life, the bottom line, every one of us in this room has close, people close to them who are not here. I remember the first time I was 19 years old, my, one of my closest friends went into the hospital for a small thing and he died on the operating room. I was devastated for years. I mean, I would dream about him. He would come to my dream and just told me, you know, it's like he came to me just like, you know, I'm alive today. Shem gave us, gave me life. See, when you look at it this way, it's much easier to tolerate the challenges of life. I am not, I am, I have plenty of challenges. You know, people tell me sometimes, Rabbi, when you talk, you know, uh, it seems like your life is very, my life is very challenging. Very challenging. That's not, the, tr the trick is everyone's life is challenging. Some people are harder. Sometimes in midlife, there are much harder things. Sometimes not. But life is challenging. The question is, how you go about it. So when a person looks at, I am alive, and Hashem gave me children, and gave me this, and I have to take care of them. And I'll do the best. You know, my parents want to, you know, every one of us, let's face it, I was telling this to a parent one day, every one of us, parents wanted us to be a certain way, we didn't turn out the way they wanted us. Either too religious, not religious enough, you know, you know, you want to use, you know, when I was young, my mom wanted to put in, trash me, I should go to medical school. So 
But I was very young, you know, I was very stubborn. I said, no, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but, you know, uh, doesn't, I'm saying we have no control of our children. We could do the best, encourage them, help them, you know, give them the opportunity. At the end of the day, they're going to do what they are going to do. Doesn't mean that, you know, maybe they're going to. We hope they're going to do better than I always tell my children, I hope you'll be a bigger tzaddik than I am. A bigger tzaddikist than I am. To have a household of girls. You know what I mean? That, you know, it's, we have to do our best. See, but that's because a person has to live. He's not in control. I am living, and I got to do whatever I can do. And my most important thing is coming Pesach now is cleaning for Pesach, and Pesach is unbelievable stressful. Smile all day long. When you smile, you're able to tolerate the load much, much easier. Much, much, much easier. Doesn't make the load go away. I've explained this, that, uh, youngest when she was 11 tried to convince me when I came home one day that she has to give a, a, a knapsack. I understood right away one of her friends has probably got a new one and she used the same one. Giving me this whole speech that it has wheels and can carry the load better this way. And then I said, I got it. I got it. Uh, you know, my mind wanders off. I mean, after listening to her. So I said, everyone has a load in their back. Every one of us has a load. In order to make the load is the load. There's a, many ways to carry the load. You could, you know, the, a child of books, you carry some books in this hand, some books in this hand, on, on the thing. But if you have a way to carry the load easy, the load is there, but it's easy to carry. Life has a load. Every one of us has a load to carry. But when you're happy, the load travels very easy. It has wheels, you hold on to the bar, you know, carrying your bag, and it's easy to carry. Didn't make it easy, didn't make, doesn't forget that my problem, but it's easier to carry. And then you become, you, you, you become loving life. See, when you're happy, you want to wake up. You want to face the day. When you're not happy, who wants to wake up in the depressed mood? You know? You, if you imagine, wake up tomorrow, you know tomorrow, someone should tell you tomorrow, um, I see my vision, you're going to have a depressed day. I don't want to wake up. So when you look, if you know you're going to be happy, you know, it's a special day, you're going to go out and have fun and be happy or something great. Ah, wow. I, 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 as soon as I opened my eyes, I jumped out of bed. It's a happy day today. Because the happy you are, the much more you're enthralled with life, the more you could uh, produce, the much more you're productive. You know that happy people are much more productive. I have a guy who comes to one of my classes, used to work for the one of the big banks, and he was the, can't say the title, called the human resources. And the human resources was, you know, hires and fires. Uh, they wanted only a happy disposition. Why? Because happy people people generally produce better work. Generally speaking, in the banking, you know, much, much quicker, they want to get along with easy people, they relate much easier. Depressed people, you know, no one wants to come into the bank and the tellers, you know, we used to deal with, uh, this was more business bank, and the person is sad, and they smile. I always tell my children when they were dating, I always explain to them, when you go into a crowd amongst your friends, Friends, what's the first face you notice? First face, you, if you think about it, what's the first face you come into a bunch of men or women? The first face you're going to notice, a smiling face. You're going to draw to it automatically. Ever notice that? Isn't that true? Come in, you see a guy smiling. I mean, just uh, because we all want to be happy too. So I hope all of you are going to be happy for the next forever. But before Pesach, it's a very important ingredient because our nerves are, you know, cleaning for Pesach and getting Pesach things done. 
we get agitated, we get nervous. When you're happy, the load is much easier to carry. thing is that see I'm not, I am convinced that everyone over here is going to eat kosher for Pesach. I'm not afraid of that. Everyone is going to have all them. But what you should work on is to make sure the kosher food is with happiness. You're happy. But ah, we're sitting at the Seder. We're doing such great mitzvahs. Well, the, uh, the garlic they don't eat if it was not made kosher le Pesach. But if it's made kosher le Pesach, you'll have to eat garlic. The reason Alevin is asking and why people don't eat garlic in Pesach. It's nothing to do with Chabad. It says the Shulchan Aruch. They don't eat garlic in Pesach because they used to put on garlic flour to dry it. I don't know how, but they used to do it. They still do on dry foods. They still sometimes put flour. No, that someone told me they must eat one. What? Dry foods must have a shgacha, even with svadim, because they sprinkle it sometimes with flour. But the times of the shechonor, about 150 years ago, um, garlic used to be that way. But if you get kosher pesa garlic, means they made sure from the beginning the garlic was, you know, it was cut the, you know, the right way, and uh, no, no chametz got to it. There's nothing wrong getting garlic. Yeah, because the reason the fresh garlic, they also dry it. You know, you don't get fresh garlic. The garlic you get is dried already. You know that. That's what I was told. I don't know. I'm not, I was, I'm not sure. If you, you have, you ever saw fresh garlic grow? I never saw it grow. Yeah, but they try, but you get it, get it a little bit dry. That's what I was told. I'm not sure. But if you get kosher, the face of garlic, it's not a problem. Okay.